welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. I am at Race for the Prize. Let's do some Xfinity picks for Atlanta. Before we get there, remember racefortheprize.com. That's where you can go to get information about accessing the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet. Simply Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, some money over to me, and I give you access to the sheet for the month, 30 bucks. Maybe that's too much since the month's almost over. Send me a message. DM me. We'll figure something out. 12 bucks for a given weekend as well. Maybe you can just wait till March. Either way, thanks for joining me. This is a pretty wide open field. This is going to be an interesting Xfinity season where it could be wide open every single week. And then especially at a super speedway or a pseudo super speedway, as Rotodoc calls it. Credit to Rotodoc. It's super speedway enough for me. I mean, just look at last year. Ryan Sieg was battling for the win. You want to tell me it's not a super speedway? Ryan Sieg nearly won this thing last year. So get out of my face with it's not a super speedway. It is. And how do we really know that? Well, did you watch my video from a week or a couple of days ago where I told you, look at the data that we have put in the spreadsheet. Look at who has won these races and led laps at these races and controlled these races. It's been two cars in particular. I wrote about this on my blog, raceforthepriz.com. It's been colleague. It's been RCR. Teams synonymous with trimming out. Teams synonymous with super speedway success. And hey, guess what? Who predicted it? Look who was fast again. RCR, top of the charts. There's AJ Allmendinger in a colleague car. Not too far behind. Now, maybe you're saying, well, it's not all of Colleague. Well, that's not going to happen, folks. We don't have a, a Justin Haley and an AJ Allmendinger in a Colleague car, even a Daniel Hemrick in a Colleague car. Our other Colleague drivers are SVG, who he'll get better, but of all the forms of racing, super speedway racing is not necessarily going to be his cup of tea at the moment. Sure, he'll develop and learn it, but right now, a little early. And then we also have Josh Williams, who, as I mentioned in that previous podcast, although he's an underdog guy, we all love him. Working in the garages, putting in his time for Mario Gosselin. I suspect, I can't confirm this, one of the reasons that he was able to land this ride was because he has an Ally Tools sponsorship for a full entire season, and because he was able to bring on a sponsor for nearly the entire season he was able to grab this open ride. So that doesn't really seem like to me because he doesn't have the best crew chief. We saw several of the colleague Xfinity crew chiefs like Jason Trenchier, we mentioned in the Truck Series video, leave and move on. It does not seem like this ride is as fully resourced as others. So that would be the reason why you're not seeing colleague completely at the top of the board. But you do have AJ up there. And you clearly have the RCR cars up on the front row for the second week in a row. So if we're just talking winners right now, and I believe you're going to need the winner, Jesse Love, Austin Hill, definitely capable of winning. So again, pretty wide open field. I got a lot of these guys that came podium in this race. John Hunter Nemechek, this is more than a full-time ride for Nemechek. Him and Almirola are going to split the rides. I don't believe Almirola is going to do the majority or the lion's share, I believe it's going to be Nemechek. We saw what Nemechek did last season. We also watched Nemechek win at Atlanta last season. He's definitely very capable. In terms of leading laps, I would like Hill or Love more. Love led a good portion last week. Hill did not, but Hill could have. Hill has in the past, leading, scoring over 20 hog points or dominator points. 
He has been on top of the leaderboard so often in his home state of, uh, of Georgia. I have no problem going into Austin Hill over Jesse Love. And I really don't hesitate to try to play both. I could see Love controlling his part of the race and then the lead swapping over. It is a super speedway race. It's a little risky to go with that build. But we don't have a huge sample size at Atlanta to tell us what really to expect. But from that small sample size, we do have a win, a win, and a second-place finish from Austin Hill. It's going to be new for Love, but Love showed a ton of talent in ARCA, and he's already showing a ton of talent early in his super speedway, at least qualifying. He's got pretty solid equipment. Danny Stockman's been around forever. Danny Stockman is off to a good start setting these cars up. Clearly leaning a lot on Andy Street. But RCR looks pretty strong out of the gates. Could be misleading because we've got two super speedways, but I have no problem so far with Love and Hill. You don't want to go with one of those guys, then you're going to pivot somewhere over here, probably needing a winner and a lap leader. Nemechek can be that guy. I'm a little less bullish on Riley Herbst. Although, you know, he did finish last year with a string of top fives. Was pretty solid at Atlanta last year. Will he have that elite speed? Will he get out there and lead a bunch of laps? I don't know. We're definitely bullish on Davin Restivo. He came in at the end of the season and really turned Herbst around. Gun to my head, I much rather prefer the drivers in the top three. I need a lap leader. I need a confident winner. And as good as Herbst was at the end of the season, I really need that extra sense of aggression. Austin Hill has that. John Hunter Nemechek absolutely has that. Going for the win and going to put it out there wants to lead laps. Jesse Love, I think, has it, but I don't know if it's in spades. And I know it's definitely not more than Hill aggressiveness or Nemechek aggressiveness. And Herbst, while he has improved in the position that he is in, I really need him to go out there and say, this is my race, and I don't expect Riley Herbst to do that. Parker Kligerman, same situation. That's not his modus operandi. That's not his cup of tea. I'm not really that interested in playing Parker Kligerman because he just simply is capped in the amount of points that he can score. He really has to go out there and put on a show, like a Austin Hill or John Hunter Nemechek. He is not cheap. He's starting too close to the front. Sam Mayer could do it. But, and he does give you a little bit more of a safety net with place differential. But again, if I'm jumping into the top 10 and just taking an immediate risk at a super speedway type of event, even if this is super speedway light, even if this is, you know, as I mentioned that previous podcast where the, you know, we get like a 3-3 build. We get more of a traditional intermediate track build. We get more of a Fontana slash Pocono build in the Xfinity Series at Atlanta. Now, this is a small sample size, but when I think of a long, spread out, super speedway type event, everyone hangs on to the lead lap, restarts get hairy. Once they get past the restart, they kind of spread out, and when you get a wreck, it is kind of a one-off, two-car pileup, unless you get an ARCA wreck where someone just goes barreling into somebody, but usually they have plenty of time to avoid that. That's the kind of build that we're going for. And in those builds, like when you build for Fontana or Pocono, you tend to play the best drivers that can get a top finish and lead laps. And for me, it's easier to circle around Nemechek Hill, maybe take slightly ownership, lower ownership with love because people just aren't ready to jump on board yet. That's fine by me. Uh, Mayer, sure, he gives you a couple more place differential points, 
but does he have the upside of a Hill or Nemechek? I don't know if we have that yet. The mayor's not going to now. You know, mayor had a pretty good season last year, and a lot of though is kind of inflated by his road course success. We like Marty Lindley as long time as a long time successful ARCA crew chief. Didn't really have the best run at KBM, but those were interesting situations and circumstances. He's been with mayor for the last couple of years. This could be a breakout year, but we're talking about this day, not the season. And so. Mayor, probably not where I want to go. Now, with A.J. Allmendinger and the colored car, I'm going to grab another place differential point here. And we have a car that has demonstrated it can get out in clean air and lead a bunch of laps. And I don't completely foresee one car running away with this race. We're going to get some cycling. We're going to get some movement. We're going to get some pushes. And A.J. could get out front. So that is definitely on the board. Ryan Truex. With third place finishes, I believe he's really going to be popular. He's going to be a place where a lot of people go. Cheap, success at this track. Um, there is a little bit of allure to Seth Chavka. We don't know with these new handful of crew chiefs at JGR what to expect. It's a whole new crew coming in. Guys that have been engineers in the Cup Series, Truck Series, worked with the best, are finally getting their opportunity to be crew chiefs. In the Xfinity series, it's a whole new group coming through, and there could be a lot of upside and potential. It's very exciting. Again, Truex has done well in this race in the past. He's starting just far enough back. He's very affordable that even if he doesn't completely maximize his finishing position, he can still end up with a top six, top seven fantasy score. And as I mentioned that, I did place a bet on Ryan Truex. One of the things that DK Network that they have done is they want me to join their betting group. So I joined their betting group and what they do is like everybody in the group, it's like 200,000 people. Is it really that many? Let me look this up. Some sort of DraftKings betting group as a writer, they wanted me to join. And of course the phone is not letting me log in. Log me in. You never can count on apps when you need them. So let's see if it loads this time. But I joined the betting group and I put a bet on Ryan Truex to win the race. And then other people can choose to, you know, fade that pick or tail that pick. And so at the moment, let's see. And then I guess what they'll do is they'll write it up at the website and promote it, I guess is the idea. But at the moment, there's like 300,000 people in this group. That's insane. Uh, the Truex pick, I guess it's hot. People are following it and liking it. I don't know. You can join the group. We'll see. Uh, it's basically Truex 18 to 1. I don't mind that. Allgaier, you can play him. It's fine. He did get a Daytona win a couple years ago. It's got a decent. Sheldon Creed, again, another one of these examples of these crew chiefs. So now we're getting to the point where this is feeling like a little bit more of a traditional intermediate track build. Custer, Smith, see as we start to go back, that's a nice little sweet spot. Now if it were Daytona or Talladega, I may not be that excited about these plays. But Atlanta, which is not quite as crazy, and we expect the top 10 to be the top 10, so then if the top 10 is the top 10, 
the best of the best. Well, who can score among the best of the best? Well, there's two ways. Finishing position, and arguably these guys have just as good of a chance for finishing position as these guys. Next criteria is leading laps. Well, I think it might be tougher for these drivers to get lead laps. They can get some fast laps. Really only think a couple can get lead laps. So then the deciding factor is place differential, which clearly favors these drivers. And we can quickly look at some of these optimals from the past as review to make sure that we're not doing it wrong. So we look at last year's Atlanta optimal lineup. And we got Haley starting 13th, which kind of goes right in line with that group that we just highlighted between Chase or between you know, Justin Allgaier and Cole Custer and the Chandler Smiths. Daniel Hemrick starting 11th. This lineup does not have the race winner. I don't think it has a lap leader, does it? It does. Justin Haley leads 20. That colored car starting a little bit further back. And then you got a 34 in Kyle C, 27 in Brett Moffat, 17 in Kligerman, a 31 in Kazgral. Looks a lot like a plate race, doesn't it? Looks a lot like a super speedway. And you're going to see that. There's enough super speedway. And then there's a little bit of that Fontana, but it's definitely not an intermediate track. It's nowhere near what Atlanta used to be. There's no time to get cute and reinvent the wheel. We still want to play drivers in the back. We still want to chase place differential, at least looking at that one race. But again, this does confirm that we can play drivers around that 10 spot. Let's look at Atlanta one. Now we do have a driver starting up front and controlling the race, Austin Hill. That could be a scenario we run into today with Austin Hill or with Jesse Love. And then here we go again. We got Clickerman starting 13th, Daniel Hemrick starting 11th, Brett Moffat starting 12th. That again connects with our idea of that group of drivers starting you know, right behind AJ Allmendinger up to about uh, Chandler Smith, even SVG, if you want to include him in that category. You're comparing Brett Moffat and SVG is really not that crazy of a deal. If Brett Moffat can go from 12 to 6, then Van Gisbergen can avoid the wrecks and possibly go from what, 13th to 7th. You got Brennan Poole starting in the back. And then you do end up with the Riley Herb starting fifth, which is scary. And we do round out the top 10 in fantasy with a lot of guys starting up front. But you do have a couple down here that might have been in the winning lineup, like a Patrick Emerling or a Greg Galding starting in the deep 30s. But this one definitely was a tough one to build because we didn't get a lot of the guys from the back. It goes back to what I said. The top 10 is going to be the top 10. And then it's just who maximizes their points. And it's the guys that started 13th, 11th, 12th. In the top 10, it's not going to be any surprises. It's the drivers that you expect to finish there. Like, look, Josh Berry finished 7th, but he started 9th. The guys that got there were the guys that went from 13th to 4th, 11th to 2nd. The guys that can maximize place differential just a little bit more than the other driver. 2022, second race. Again, you're going to have Austin Hill completely crush and run away with it. You get another lap leader, but more so a place differential play in Tyler Reddick. But again, you got Hill starting up front, so this is more of a 5-1 build. But then you got Reddick starting 22nd, Ryan Trick starting 21st. Kyle Sieg again, 29th. Sieg, I believe, are from Georgia. Vargas from 36th, and then Castle 18-8. to Stacking the backish, back halfish. You're not completely chasing randos. This isn't like the Timmy Hill Daytona build where we're taking Cesar Baccarellas. We're taking some slightly talented 
racers and hoping they survive and making it work. And then in the first one, again, we got an Austin Hill control race. But even then, he started 14th. Then you got Herb starting 24. Mason Massey starting 26th, who will be in the trucks today, kind of like him. Kyle Weatherman starting 28th. Vargas again, 32nd. And then you got A.J. Omendinger starting up front and also scoring some laps, lead points in that call of car. So as I build, kind of like that teen range there. Early teens, it's weird to say, that's kind of gross. Well, we don't want to say that. You know what I mean. So these guys, obviously, as you get a little bit further back, Sammy Smith, it becomes a lot more comfortable. Uh, AJ's right there on the cusp. I'm fine with that. And then, you know, I like these two. These three. I don't mind putting them in a 1-5 build or playing two of these drivers starting 13th or closer and getting a lap leader. You want a lap leader, play a lap leader. You want to completely fade the lap leaders, completely fade the lap leaders. Works out of the way. There's a 6 a.m. alarm. All right, as we drop back, I think Brandon Jones is definitely on the board. I wouldn't even rule out Haley Deegan. I wouldn't rule out Ryan Seager. Don't love it, but he did almost win this race a year ago. He can keep it close. He does have that upside. And as we get back here and we start chasing some of this place differential, there becomes hard caps on these drivers that they can't really get too far or too deep into the top 10. Seag can work his way into the top 10 and further. Deegan may have just enough car i'd rather play sieg than deegan jones can he's just incredibly brandon jones <laughs> he's just incredibly brandon jones bj mcleod starting too close to the front for me i don't see the upside potential you want to play the angle i talked about earlier this week of you know he missed the daytona 500 and so now he's got himself a really good car really wants to put on a show go for it i would have bought into that narrative if he was starting closer to the back but then again the fact that he's starting where he is says that, hey, he probably does have actually a good car. But I still need to chase place differential, and I really don't want to hang on to storylines. So there is that. Jeff Earnhardt just never seems to get it done. I don't really need to go there. Jeremy Clements, I was surprised to see that he's been racing for 20 years. I know he'd been around for a while, but 20 years Jeremy Clements has been in NASCAR. Uh, if I'm going this, I'm going to start going a little bit further, trying to get more place differential. I like the Jordan Anderson Super Speedway cars, so I can definitely start heating up to Retzlaff and Burton. Burton's had plenty of success. He's not going to break the bank. we got to play Kyle Sieg because he's cheap. Hometown guy also has been in two of the four optimal lineups, if I'm not mistaken, at Atlanta. So he can get it done. A seventh-place finish in the last Atlanta race. Maybe you want to go to McLaughlin. Not going to do it. Maybe you want to go to Blaine Perkins. I'm probably not going to go there. The Seed cars are one of the best underdog teams at the Super Speedways. But it's not necessarily the tertiary or quaternary car. It's usually the primary or secondary. It's Ryan. It's Kyle. It's Jeff Green. 
Brendan Poole for T- Tommy Joe Martin, sure. Um, I'm not stacking a bunch of these guys in the back. I repeat, I'm not doing a Daytona or Talladega build, but to round out some of my lineups, I will go to two or three of these drivers. Smithley, I'm not really excited about. No, DeGase. I will also take a, another Tommy Joe Martin's car in Ryan Ellis, the guy starting 34th. I don't know quite what to make of Randy Young yet, but the first showing wasn't very good. Andrew Abbott running double duty, crew chiefing for Matt Mills and for, not Matt Mills, for Mason Massey, maybe. And Leland Honeyman. Don't know if I really need to go there. Although these daughter cars have been disappointing over the years, J.J. Yaley just seems to find a way to get things done at the Super Speedways in the Cup Series, the Xfinity Series. He's starting 32nd. He's not that expensive. Maybe he can make it work. Um, I'm not really that underwhelmed by Patrick Emmerling. I'm not overwhelmed either, but Emmerling has stepped away from ownership with Gase. So Emmerling Gase is no more. Emmerling is going to focus mainly on his driving. And that's good. And he'll be in a halfway decent. I mean, this is better than the Emerling Gase equipment. When we were playing Emerling, a lot of times he was in that real rough Emerling Gase car. That wasn't very good. I'd say this is a increase in equipment. And I think you're going to see an increase in motivation and in focus. I don't think he's going to turn into a star. But the one thing I will say is he's no longer a cross-off. Or a driver that I ignore. And $4,700 treats him like the guy that he used to be. He's a little bit better than that. And then last, I'm not playing Jordan Anderson. I know you're going to be tempted to play Jordan Anderson. But this is not a Jordan Anderson car. This is a Mike Harmon car. Jordan Anderson realized that the field had an empty spot. And so he said, hey, Mike, give me your car. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to get some points. At least build up some points to help myself lock into future races. And so he did that. He took a spot and then couldn't even make a qualifying run because the battery was dead. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for the car. And that means I'm not playing Jordan Anderson in a Mike Harmon car. This is Mike Harmon. I repeat, this is Mike Harmon. If he were Jordan Anderson in Jordan Anderson equipment, yes, that's top 15. But he is not. It's in a Mike Harmon car that probably won't get past 25th. And that Jordan Anderson is just clearly renting to get some points. We will need absolute chaos and mayhem for Jordan Anderson to work. And even if that happens, then these guys also work. They're significantly cheaper and they're in better equipment. So there is no reason that you need to play Jordan Anderson. All right. We're almost there. Wrapping up. Thanks for joining me on the Fantasy NASCAR Picks Show. Uh, I don't think these guys are too hard to pick from. Because there's not too much analysis or analytics that are going to go into it. You're just taking a guy in the back and hoping they move forward. They've had some success. And they're not complete nobodies. So, you know, from Haley Deegan back, it's not really that much of a challenge. It's just a matter of how YOLO you want to get. I really think three of them may be too much. Two is absolutely fine. One might not be enough, but that's probably the tougher decision. Because in reality, once you start picking, there's no right or wrong answer between Rhett's Laugh and Jeff Burton. There's not a right answer between them and Sieg or Ryan Sieg. And maybe you can cross Deegan Aff and you can say, ah, this is just silly bias because, you know, she's just a big name. She's a girl. That's why you're picking her. But 
look, Kevin Szewinski and AM Racing has put together some pretty strong cars over the last year. They've really built the program up with Brett Moffitt. Brett Moffitt was in an optimal lineup. This was a top 15 car. We expect them to keep making steps forward. We've seen Haley Deegan in her one Xfinity race run pretty well and struggle in the truck series. The truck series is a completely different beast. There's a lot of things that could change. So, yeah, there is a part of her name brand, and that definitely does influence uh, roster ownership. But there might also be something to that. You don't always just get a name brand. Uh, toughest decisions are going to be picking these guys in this group. Do you want to chase a little bit more place differential? But they're all pretty solid plays, and we have seen in previous optimal lineups that this has kind of been a sweet spot where drivers have come from. And then deciding, do you want to take a guy that's going to lead laps? Who will that guy be? I'm looking at Love. I'm looking at Hill. I'm looking at Nemechek. And you'll just have to make the hard decision on that. Obviously, Hill's been the guy at Atlanta. Nemechek's had his day as well. And Love's the new kid. But all things are looking positive for him. Thanks for joining me. Please hit that like button. Please subscribe and share. Consider going to raceforthepride.com. Donating to the cause, Venmo, PayPal, Cash App. There's a link below. You can get access to the fancy NASCAR spreadsheet. You can do all those things. I respond to all the comments. Blessed to have you guys around. Love you guys. Have a wonderful Saturday.